The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Missions, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited today uh, to be with you, and I want to encourage you, if you know someone who is studying the, the concepts or truths about leadership, we might say, please refer us wherever you get your podcasts or, you know, if they happen to be on Android, you, they could get it over at Google Podcasts. I don't know. I'm not an Apple snob, but... I do want you to share the podcast from the forefront is another one of our podcasts you can promote, but this is the Leadership Moment Profiles in Leadership series. We're excited today to be joined by a new friend. I haven't actually met in person yet, but hello, Shana. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining. So catch me if I say some of this wrong, but you're uh, you're kind of a leader coach. Uh, is, am I getting that right? Leader Leadership's right in your wheelhouse from what I'm studying about you here. Yeah. I, you know, some people would call me a leadership coach. Some people would call me a leadership consultant. You know, I, I think as we get into some of these talks, you'll find that I've helped leaders of all shapes and sizes. I've worked with pastors to get ministries up and running. I've worked with Fortune 500 companies to help, you know, enhance the leadership skills of their organizations. I've worked with small business owners to help them become stronger leaders and to build their businesses. So I don't know if you want to call me a coach, if you want to call me a consultant, a catalyst, or if you just call me plain old Shana, that's cool too. Well, <laughs> awesome. And thank you again for being here. I really appreciate the chance to talk with you and and we're, we're going to feature you here on the Profiles in Leadership as well as on the From the Forefront, where we're going to dig more into you personally, what's your uh, value proposition, if we're going to use a business word, and also you know how you got to where you are spiritually, mentally, professionally, those kind of things. Yeah. But as for now, we're going we're gonna to dig into the person you wanted to profile in terms of what's informed your leadership perspective or approach. And you've chosen Esther from the yes. Old Testament. Am I right? I have. I've chosen Esther. Awesome. Well, Esther is uh, something of a, I mean, if you think about it in, in landscape terms, she's one of the big seven, you know, that, you know, are the highest peaks of historical leaders when it comes to the Old Testament, especially when you think about her, the situation she was in and yeah. the challenges she faced, things like that. What about Esther in general sticks out to you and separates her from the crowd in terms of her leadership capacity? Two things kind of stand out in my mind. You know, one, I saw her, you know, as a woman of prayer and courage and influence. And that has always kind of 
been who I was and who I strive to be. So she was a great role model for me, you know, if I was trying to become, you know, a woman of prayer, courage and influence. But I think it's really timely for where we are now, Scott. You know, at the time that we're recording this, you know, the coronavirus has completely invaded our lives in this first part of 2020. And I think a lot of leaders, whether they're a woman or otherwise, I think that they may be sitting around and asking themselves, what next? Or, you know, am I well equipped for more? And I think that Esther is a great story to show us that we were made for more and that we definitely Mm -hmm. defy whatever odds that we might be facing internally or externally in order to be more and have and do more. Wow. Yeah, for for sure. This this situation that we're in, hopefully uh, and by prayer, as you say, we'll be punching through some of the of the more difficult season of this COVID-19 corona situation that's present while we're recording here. Mm-hmm. We obviously we have confidence and we're looking to the Lord to help us get through it as Esther was, I think, you know, yeah. she was in situations that no, that didn't have human remedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think so. That is such an interesting parallel, especially for where we are right now in this very moment. You know, I, I recently read Esther's story. I would say it was in the last I don't know, six to eight weeks, I was once again taken by her, as you mentioned, her courage. Yeah. What what in your mind or what are some of the examples that you want to highlight in terms of her courage? I know there was a number of courageous acts, some very undeniable. So what sticks out there to you from a courage standpoint? Well, you know, just some of the things that she was willing to uh, willing to do when it wasn't permissible, you know, take me to the king. Like, huh? What are you talking about? Like, we don't, we don't do that over here. And, and when I, so when I look at a lot of the different things that she went against the grain, if you will, it showed me that, you know, sh- that she was willing to risk her life for the welfare of her people and the furthering of God's plan, regardless. Like she didn't care what the rules were. She didn't care what the regulations were. She didn't allow somebody to say that a woman should do this or should not do that. And I think that she was just a powerful example of how God could use anyone. Like she didn't, she didn't care that she started off as an orphan. She said, you know what, Mm. you're going to take me as this orphan and you're going to take me against my will and put me in this harem. Like, no, 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 I don't care. I'm going to still be willing to do what it is that I feel like needs to be done in order to save my people, if you will, and further the plan that she felt like God had. Wow. Well, there's a small chance that somebody is listening just now who's not super familiar with Esther's story. And so it might be helpful if we just give a little bit of a, I mean, your name is some of those key features, give a little bit of an overview. Obviously, she started out, as you mentioned, as an orphan, Mm -hmm. you know, difficult circumstances. And you might just, I don't know if you'd say a challenged, one might be a good way, a challenged upbringing. And she was clearly a Jew. She was in a foreign context with that in mind. She was clearly beautiful. (laughs) I think that's clear in the story as well. And she was, I guess, recruited on that basis. Is that how you remember it? Yeah. I think, I think recruited is um, a good way to put that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, trying to put it in current terms, but she was recruited on the base of her beauty because I, there was uh, what the the queen Vashti, I guess yeah. the one that yeah. preceded her, mm-hmm. was 
you know, she was not uh, cooperative, I guess, yeah. when it came to yeah, what the king exactly. wanted. Right. Exactly. King, right. king Vashti was actually sentenced to death because she refused to display her beauty for the queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, and, 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 you know, if we think about Esther's story and what the possibilities, you know, what, what, what might have happened. Yeah. It, we don't have to look very far back. We can just look at Vashti's story there and say, okay, this is what happens when the king's not happy with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he's, if there's a, a mismatch of expectations here, or if you give him a surprise, it might not turn out too good for you. Yeah. So yeah, Vashti was deposed and I believe it was Artaxerxes. Hopefully I got that right. But the king was suddenly, he needed a, a new, a new uh, partner, a new queen, right? right? They looked everywhere. There was a recruiting effort far and wide, <laughs> and uh, they they rounded up quite a few. And then, of course, there was a long preparation process, certainly a lot of beautiful imagery in there as well. And this is where we see Esther coming to the top among her peers. So many parallels here, yeah. I think, for maybe the things that we're facing in our leadership or in our challenges. Ultimately, she was chosen as the queen. I've got three daughters. I'm all about women in leadership, and I'm all about understanding the perspectives that women add when it comes to leadership, because we see things differently, I think. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to say about that? Well, I think that if we want to look at it from a gender perspective, that oftentimes when it, when we take a look at women in leadership, just historically in our world, that we were always seen as inferior. And there are many people that will argue that we're still seen as inferior and we're still compensated as if we're inferior. And I think that Esther was a great example of showing how you can go from a place of inferiority into a place of influence. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I've got to say that, again, I think I was raised as in a very classical environment in terms of, you know, how roles were understood, you know, and I, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm not macho, but hopefully <laughs> I'm I, I will say this. My daughters have been a real education to me. Yeah. A real education to me, because. You know, I I was sure that my first child was going to be a son, right? As all men are. Of course. And, you know, you talk about uh, hopeless egotism. <laughs> I think we want something we understand, you know, as guys. And I, I promise you, if you're a guy and you think you understand women, think again. Step back, my <laughs> step back, my friend. Step back. Yeah, you 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 may yet be misunderstood. You may misunderstand your perspective. Right. It's been. I've got some advanced degrees in uh, the study of the the female psyche. My daughters now, of course, are grown. The oldest one is almost thirty, mid twenties for the second one, and the youngest is finishing high school now. So, I've been receiving a constant education. But I will say that. When my daughters and I and, and my wife and in our interactions and the way we perceive things, it's not about superior, inferior in my mind in any way. And that's the wrong question. For me, it's what our contribution is. Right. You know, what is the contribution that I have to the scenario? And I, I consider my wife my partner. 
I'm not talking about my junior partner. <laughs> yeah. You know, so in a partnership, especially those of us who have been in business or in close relationships of that kind, we understand that if you have two partners who bring the same contribution, one of you is redundant, right? Absolutely. So that to me is is something we need to learn, understand, and embrace and make the most of. What's the contribution of each person? The person who can be an example, that person has leadership capacity. That doesn't have anything to do with gender, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. And I think we're, you know, we're all being called to use our gifts and talents. And, you know, hopefully everyone will think the way that you and I think that it shouldn't matter what you look like or where you come from, you know, that we should be able to say, hey, your gifts and talents match up well with my gifts and talents and let's make them all, you know, come together for the good. It would Mm. be nice if that's where we were as a world. Maybe one day we'll get there. Yeah, I believe we're heading there. I believe we're we're making progress in that direction. Sadly, as uh, Christians and Thank God for Jesus and his redemption. I'm not trying to throw us into a bad light here, but I'm just saying as Christians, we should be leading the way in terms of our readiness to embrace the strengths and contributions of every person. Who is it that you've already decided you can't learn from? Yeah. You know, sadly, some of those decisions come to us culturally and we really suffer loss because we put, you know, certain people or certain people groups or certain genders or whatever in slots that our culture has informed us not to defy. I think we got to get over that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and I'm thankful to see women such as yourself and such as Esther, who, uh, as you mentioned, are <laughs> courageous. Can you tell us a little bit about a time that comes to mind when you had to be extra courageous when it came to uh, the part that you had in terms of contribution, how it related to the context and maybe some of the pushback you got? Does something come to mind for you on that? The biggest thing that comes to mind to me, Scott, is when I think about when I made the shift from therapy to entrepreneurship, I had so many people with great intentions that were like, you know, you went to school to do this. So why would you not want to just keep doing that? Like you've made great money doing that. Why would you not want to just keep doing that? You know, example after example. And so Mm -hmm. when I felt like that there was a calling on my life to be able to show other people how to do what it is that I had done to better their lives and the lives of others, it took a lot of courage for me to be willing to say yes to what it was that God was asking me to do in the face of people telling me what they thought I should do. Right. Well, I appreciate the fact that you followed your leading. <laughs> right. Yeah. Talking today otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I think that's that is the challenge of leadership, isn't it? I mean, the challenge of leadership or there are many, but one that comes right to the top is status quo versus change. Right. And there's a lot of pushback when it comes to change. But if a leader's not a change agent, you know, what do they do? Yeah. And I think what you're describing there to me clearly is was a challenge for change that was very personal and direct in your life. 
you had to step out, take a new course, you felt like you were being led in that direction. I think that is one of the most, the purest expressions of leadership. And a lot of times in our own leadership, you know, those are those initial steps that we have to take to qualify for the influence that God wants to give us. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that when activated in your own life will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.